everything that you just said. <laughs>
Do you play hoops yeah. this week? I just played two minutes ago. Remember, I pulled my hamstring. Did you see that picture? Uh, I saw that, that picture? picture. You were like black and blue. <laughs> well, that's healed up, and I was told don't play basketball for a few months. So what did I do? I just played for like two hours, and you know, I'm just I'm a two year old, fifty one year old. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, it's a uh, it's a it's a dynamic time in our in our world in our life. And tonight we had a guest scheduled, and uh, then he backed out, and then now he's backstage. The guy can't make up his mind what he wants to do. I don't know, Chris. What I'm saying? sitting. I'm, I'm, I think I, make, I might make him sweat. I don't know. I can see. I can. I can see his face. He's like, yeah, he's sweating. What's up, Ronald Krieger in the house? He says, "Hi, Chris and Scott. We're busy, but we'll watch a replay. Have a great show. Thank, Thank you, you, buddy. Appreciate you. We got Robert in the house. This is Hey from the car, Christopher and Scott. Uh, he says, "I was upset because I didn't understand what algebra was for, despite <laughs> A plus grade in in grade 13. Grade thirteen, it's like a bonus grade. I was He's like, still hanging know. out. I don't even know what the hell that means. I like um, it. bonus grade. So, I guess we'll keep shifting gears tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna chew in Dan's ear. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll go with it. So we appreciate you guys being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Of course, your questions and your comments are always appreciated here on the show and engage with us. And tonight we're going to be talking about, um, we have a special guest. He's unfortunately, he's a little bit limited in his capacity of what he can share with us today because he's had a little bit of a, cha a scheduling challenge. But uh, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Dan Fail. What's hey, up, Dan? You, Hi, you, brother. What's happening, y'all? I thought we weren't doing this. You know, I also thought we weren't doing it. And then, so in the game of life, uh, not the actual board game, but the actual one, uh, you just kind of have to fly by the seat of your pants a lot. And uh, when kids' field trips get are supposed to drop off at 4, and then gets pushed back to 4.30, and then gets pushed back to 5, and then at 4.50 you get an email saying, hey, by the way, they're an hour and a half away and the bus broke down. Oh, wow. I'm not sure when we're actually getting the kids. So my son and I are just chilling in the car, and I was like... I will I will try to come in and see if you guys were welcoming <laughs> enough to have me. So like we'll see. Sure. I mean, that's what the show's about. It's I mean it's the unfiltered experience. And we shit happens in life, things happen, and we continue to roll with it and we figure out what to do and we never stop. Yeah. So I appreciate that about you. I mean, that's what we do. We just show up and we continue to figure it out. I mean, somebody was asking me the other day, like, what makes you unstoppable? And I'm like, the fact that I just continue to go whether I want to or not. Whether I feel like it or not, I just continue to put one foot in front of the other, figure it out as I go. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. And if I sit there and think about things being perfect and I think about, oh, it's got to be this outcome and everything else, I'm going to get mired in all that shit and I'm not going to ever produce or, or well, do anything. And on my end, I end up overthinking, right? Yeah. Or I'm like, I'm thinking way too much and I'm like, well, what about this? What about this? And so it's like, no, or we just go with it and just see where it happens. Yeah. There you go. That's what we you are. Know, you know, what's an interesting point about that unstoppable thing is... You know, as I get older, you know, people start calling you at the gym, you're the old guy, and they all have a story about an old guy at their gym. And so this guy from New Orleans was talking about this old guy who was like 65, 70, he's been playing forever, and he still really, he still plays well. This guy from New York's talking about, like, they're all telling me about the old guy. Every single guy says the exact same thing, just don't stop playing. <laughs> they say the second you stop playing, then something happens and you never come back to say, just do not stop playing. Keep moving forward. Dory from Nemo, keep swimming. I mean, the best advice I think you can give any human being is to keep mm -hmm. on moving, keep on moving. Whatever you love, keep doing it. If somebody says take a break, bullshit. Keep doing it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. once you quit, there's this hesitation and that's where the game seems to end. Mm -hmm. so. It's true. It's true. One of the things I learned from reading, I used to be a consummate uh, re reader of uh, men's health magazine. And in, in there, one of the times it was talking about, I was in my twenties or thirties and this older gentleman who wrote the article was talking about when you get to be older as a man, he goes, one of the first things you start to lose is your hand strength. And he goes, if you, if you lose your hand strength, then you stop wanting to do other things. You stop going in the garden, you stop going to the garage. And then you, as slowly progressively, you just get weaker and weaker and weaker. So he said, one of the number one things you could do uh, being a man, especially is like, keep that hand strength um and, and doing that to be able to continue doing stuff so i think that's important i mean whether you feel like it or not you got to just keep continuing to go so mr dan fail tell us about how you are unstoppable because i know you've had many many challenges in your life um i see that you continually to pivot and you always keep a positive attitude about shit so talk to us about that i mean i think right like the the patterns that we get ourselves into I'm talking about like the you just got to keep going and got to keep pushing it's fascinating because there's so many patterns in our lives that we get comfortable with. And I think that comfortable and complacency 
is actually what can stop us from being more unstoppable, right? Yeah. Because it's the like, oh, well, it's Friday. And so a new episode of whatever is going to drop today. So rather than like going out, I'm just going to stay in and just do this. And then you stop getting invited to go to things. And so mm -hmm. finding those ways that we can become unstoppable are important. I think on my end, um, like five years ago, I was in a full-time job. You know, I, I was about to say, I loved it. I didn't love it. Um, I, it wasn't that I didn't love the job. It's that my boss and I didn't see eye to eye because I'm of the opinion that you, you know, you work so that you can live your life, not the other way around. And they didn't see it that way. Um, and so I got a good opportunity, but it meant leaving a full-time job, which meant leaving insurance, which meant leaving the security of paychecks and then going and like, Hey, we've got this great three month contract for you. And that in that three months, I was like, I could make more in three months than I would in this job. But then I got to pay for my insurance. I got to pay for this. I got to pay for that. And so I didn't anticipate it all. But that unstoppable voice was like, this is the opportunity that you have been hoping and wishing for. Um, and if you want to like go, then this is it. And so get out of your own way and actually just go. And I think that was part of the, are you going to take the leap or you don't? If I'm going to tell people all day that you got to try and fail, but then never actually try, right? then I'm a hypocrite at what I'm doing myself. Amen. Nice. And so how do you, how do you overcome that? When you, when you think about being in those situations and having that integrity and having those values, is that something you've, you've declared for yourself? Like, these are my values and this is where I'm willing not to compromise on my own integrity. Yeah, I, I do. And I think part of that also comes with age, right? And so part of that is the, you know, I mean, we all have that one uncle or grandpa or whomever at the at Thanksgiving who's just going to say whatever he wants and not care at yeah. all because he just doesn't care anymore. She doesn't care anymore. And so I think on my end, the older I've gotten, the more that I've been able to stand in who I am, but only because I'm figuring out who I am. Uh, and I think that that's a, an evolving experience that we can continue to do. And so like what has served me the, the best is not necessarily a, a mantra, um, but is more of a, you know, almost like a mindset of like, it can work out if I want it to work out. Like it can, it can happen for me if I want it to happen for me. And if I'm willing to put in the work and mm -hmm. I've realized there's a couple of times in my life, I wanted something, thought I wanted something, try it. And it's like, mm, no, I really don't want to do that. It's <laughs> a little I too did. much work. Yeah. And it's well, or like, it's not what you thought it would be, right? The grass is greener concept really plays through. And so I think finding, uh, finding what works for you or finding what lights you up a little bit more passionately can really help direct you. It's all, it's the trust your gut. You know, if something doesn't feel right. So what could you address in that moment? And that gut feeling comes from experience at least mm -hmm. that's my thoughts awesome um so when you think about on your life and you think about the different successes and challenges that you had you know we titled the show originally you know how to fail your way to success based on a, a pun on your your last name fail for people listening to the broadcast it's f-a-i-l-l -L. um talk to us about, i mean when when have, when have you failed the most and what did you learn out of those experiences oh my gosh when haven't i failed um Right. I mean, I'm divorced. So that's a failure. Um, I changed my major first semester of college from one to the other because I didn't like my professor. That could be considered a failure. I failed tests. I have failed uh, other relationships. I failed myself by not standing in who I thought I wanted to be and just conformed for others. And so I, I think our lives are made up of hundreds of thousands of failures, whether we want to talk about them or not, is a completely different story. And so I think that ability to finally own that we're not perfect, right? To own that we are perfectly imperfect and to really kind of say like, nope, totally screwed the ball on that one. Like when my, so for when I keynote, my introduction on my like free to fail keynote is all about like, it's, it's several different failures that I've had in my life. And it's like, well, he did this, but he came in second. So that's a failure because he didn't finish first, but who defines success? What does that look like? And so right. finding ways for us to reframe how we look at failure really does help you reframe so many aspects of life. And so how are you oh, able to do that when you think about that? Like, how do you, how are you able to, I, I, actually, let's, yeah. let's peel the onion back and go, what is a failure? 
because I have a different mindset about what a failure is these days. Yeah, I think I do too. Um, I think for me, there are times where we might feel like a failure, which is different than a failure, right? Or a failed experiment or a failed whatever. And so those two, to make those distinctions is very important. Um, So like, you know, when a failure happens, it's a part of life. No, for those who were born, like you're not born immediately able to walk, right? Like that's, so is that, do we fail at that? No, we mm-hmm. learn how to figure that out. Yeah. And so there's the whole like failures are intentional lessons, right? F-A-I-L or like whatever that exists. And I, I hear those and I'm like, yes, that's true. And the whole like Einstein didn't create the light bulb immediately or Edison didn't do the light bulb immediately, right? It was, a, he learned a hundred different ways not to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, but this is life. Life is that way. Your very first girlfriend, rarely does that work out that that's your partner for the rest of your life. Your very first whatever, like there's so many things that if we allow ourselves to to embrace failure in a different way, you realize that it is all around us and that we can embrace it in such a way and talk about it in such a way that, and that's what I've been able to do is turn this, not only my last name, but turn these experiences that really do bond us together is, in, in a way that makes us feel like we're not alone so that we don't feel like a failure in our life. We feel like we are connected through those. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's funny because um, I, I like, I feel like everything you're talking about really is just growth ops. Like 90% of failures are just growth opportunities. Like the first girlfriend, you're not having that girlfriend, it's an intentional growth opportunity. You're literally figuring out what do I need to look like as a partner? I'm going to make mistakes, not failures. I'm going to screw up, say, say something stupid. This is not what I like. This is what I do like. That's why you date. And I feel like so many kids are like, they didn't like me. They didn't ask me to prom. They didn't do this. And I feel like failures and they take that instead of life instead of realizing these are just growth opportunities. What would you tell kids? Because I see a lot of kids being super hard on themselves nowadays yeah. because they don't have those one-on-one in-person opportunities. They're seeing stuff from social media. Everything's about a dopamine hit. So everything's a failure that doesn't give you a dopamine hit. What would you talk to, you know, some of the students, whether in the college, high school, middle school, regardless about these growth ops versus failures? You're we muted. Voice. We lost your voice on that one. That's that's <laughs> on me. That's me. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had my kids and I was joking. I literally was just joking with my daughter. I'm like, hey, so I noticed you you have straight A's except for math. <laughs> and that's an A yeah. minus. And she got so so mad like yeah. visceral reaction mad i don't know if you remember it buddy but yeah and for everybody everybody listening watching how old's your daughter my daughter's 13 yeah. uh so eighth grade 13 uh and so and this isn't this isn't even halfway through the year right so this isn't even yeah. a final or like yeah. a hey it's a midterm grade like yeah. no this is <laughs> this is a third of the way through the year and she's yeah. like is this gonna affect my high school like ability to get into high school and part of me is like boo boo you're going to you're going to public school like it doesn't matter um so but i think part of that is like i was giving her a hard time but she was so hard on herself that within seconds i was like oh my god i'm kidding like i'm kidding i'm kidding i love yeah. you i'm kidding like i was i was raised on the concept that um c's get degrees and yeah. so um which is odd because my mom's a nurse and so that was a weird oh <laughs> Yeah, you're like, wait a minute. Um, it's a side, it's a side, it's a whole different, it's a whole different story. Um, but I think right, like in that moment, I had to ask her, and this is kind of what I tell the, the students as well, high school students, college students, professionals, like, who defines success? Mm-hmm. So yes, we have a scoring rubric for school that says an A is successful, an F is not. Um, but does that mean that you if you got an F in something that you could never ever ever do it? No. It's, it's this ability to say, like, you can try a little harder. Some of us, it comes naturally. Some of it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I am not a natural math person, but both of my kids are. So if I'm like, oh, I'm not good at math, you'll never use math. If they're going to hear that and ingrain that, right? then I've defined, or excuse me, I have limited their success. But society we've let society to dictate what success means and what failure means and so if we can re again like almost like reclaim what that is and say like well an a minus isn't a failure an a minus is i 
I could have studied more. I should have listened to the teacher when they said, hey, get your, your study guide, right? And like put the put the stuff down on paper. Like that's just an opportunity. And so that's that like strategic growth and a growth mindset really comes from this ability to make meaning of the world. But that means what your world is, not mm -hmm. what I think my world could, should be based off other people's definitions. It's what I want it to be. And, and I need to then figure that shit out in right. an effort to really like aim for that. It's true. I mean, when you're, what you're talking about, Dan, is the fact that everybody has a different barometer for what success is based on the conditioning that we had from our parents. And when you think about the generational differences, the different parents that we've had, it's understandable to see like, okay, you know, if it's so meticulous, like you have to get an A and that's successful. But at the end of the day, like I've had teachers who are shitty teachers who gave me a D, but I'm like, dude, you're the fucking teacher that didn't teach me shit. I'm a different kind of student. You need to acclimate to me and make sure I'm successful. I actually called a philosophy teacher out on that. He's all, Chris, you're not getting it. And I said, maybe you're not teaching it right. Swear to God in front of a class of like 60, 70 people. You were like, oh, and I'm like, so maybe you're not teaching me right. Let's talk well, about and, that. It's a philosophy class. Let's talk about that. And our general definitions of success, like uh, success in the what? 40s, 50s, white picket fence, one and a half, two and a half kids, no, you know, no. whatever. but like there were still significant injustices in the world. So who defines success of the white picket fence? And I use that word intentionally, white picket fence. But like, who defines success when it comes to all of that? Again, those in power, those in charge, those marketing success to you. And so how do we, again, deconstruct what we see and make meaning of it ourselves in an effort to say like, this is what I want my life to be. I rent an apartment in LA. Could I buy a house somewhere? Yes. Do I pay more in rent than most do in their mortgages in the United States? Yes. I'm here because my kids are here. My ex-wife is here. We co-parent really well. But at the same time, like I feel successful now. I didn't always feel successful. There are times where I'm still like rent. I should probably pay that. I should figure that part out. <laughs> Does that mean I'm not successful in what I'm doing or I just haven't prioritized parts of my life in the correct manner? So one yeah, of the things, and one of the things that, you know, like I can see, you know, and just, you know, watching, you know, all of us and just seeing your excitement and getting the new speakers bureau that you're working with and the partnerships and getting in front of the students and doing all that. Once you come into alignment with your brilliance, genius, whatever you want to call it, your gifts, the things like the rant and all that start to take care of themselves. And we both know that we hear that and it's a hard thing to explain to people. You know, it's like the first thing I teach, create that mission, that why, once you get to that heart, mind alignment, the universe literally takes care of the how. Talk about that, you know, a little bit because you know you're living that right now. You're saying you know, the idea that hey, you're renting versus you know what somebody else might say. Dan, you should have a house right now versus you're living in a way that if you die today, you're doing something purposeful in the moment. Mm -hmm. You could have a house, maybe do nothing purposeful. Yeah. Like, and people get twisted in that. Like somebody's gonna die with their Rolex watch or whatever, living in a house mm -hmm. and everything, and the white picket fence. And it's a total bunch of bull crap versus doing what you're supposed to be doing and your God-given, creator-given, conscious-given yep. powers. So talk about that and how important failures are there or stepping stones or growth ops. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot there, right? Like um, I could have a white picket fence anywhere in the United States. I could make enough and do enough and to do all that. But would I be happy? Would I feel content? I love what I do. Uh, love the uh, what I continue to get to do. I actually just took a full-time job like four weeks ago. Does that mean I'm a failure as an entrepreneur? No, that means I got an opportunity to work for this really cool agency and company to do like dope work and help advance the college movement and, and work specifically with, with college men on how to be better men and understand yeah. the world in a new sense of things, right? Because the world looks different than it did three years ago. And so finding ways for us to um, look at ourselves and what our circumstances or what our current reality is. So there's this whole concept called choice theory, right? It's called choice theory, reality therapy. And so it's every choice you make uh, is, is, is an intentional choice. So if I decide that I'm going to go out and just get really, really drunk, that's a choice. But oftentimes it's like, well, you know, Dan, you were acting a fool. Okay. But no one asks why, like, what's the, what, what happened prior to that, that made me want to go down that road? 
Mm -hmm. Um, And that I think is the skill that we've lost is being curious and really asking those questions. And so part of that comes back to, am I happy with what I'm doing? What is happy? Can I go to bed? My buddy, James Robolata, he's another speaker, says like, are you doing what you can so that when you go to bed, because you're the only one that has to fall asleep to the sound of your own heartbeat. So are you doing something where you feel good and content in that? Um, and I think that when you create your universe, you're going to be able to, to see what lights you up and what doesn't. And that's where, you know, I literally doodled on a paper napkin, uh, this whole concept that I came up with around failure, like not only using my last name, but I was like, if you're going to be a leadership speaker, what's going to differentiate you? You already have the last name, leverage it a little bit more. And so like looking at failure, I think we're not creative enough anymore. Right. Like I'm literally tuned in on my phone right now. My son is actually on my daughter's phone right now. But I mean, like we we're on these devices that are designed to take up our brain space and time of day. So when was the last time that you let yourself be bored, legitimately mm-hmm. bored? Like when you take a walk without headphones, when you are in the shower without music, when like what are those times that we can do that and create those spaces? Because, again, I think in general, once we are bored, we can become more creative. And when we are creative, we become passionate about something. And when we're passionate, we want to tell everyone about it, which means we're going to bring this group of people that are passionate around it. So we create that group and it's okay to outgrow groups. And I have outgrown many a groups over the course of my life. Do I still consider them friends? Yes. Were they also some of the ones that were like, you're going to go into business for yourself. Is this a good Mm -hmm. idea? Family, you're going to do this for yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and see what hmm. I can do. And I think part of that is becoming, to Chris point, the unstoppable piece. But really looking to see how we can create success and happiness in our own definition. Because my definition is gonna look different than both of y'all's. Hmm. So I want to sit on one thing you just said right there because I it's I think it's I a saw goal. I get excited. Yeah, yeah, no, because it's a it's a gold mine that we 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 miss often, and you hear people say it, but I never hear people elaborate on it enough. You know, the space in music—that's what creates the beautiful music. The space in our life. You know, you listen to a song, and there's a space that makes you kind of lean into the next thing. I, my musician friends are always talking. You know why this song's great? It's a space, and then we explain it to me. I listen, I'm like, you're right. It's that little into this, and I think that is so so true that we've created a noisy existence and we've created a busy existence and that forces us out of our creative minds. And then we're just followers. Mm -hmm. I literally, literally the, 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 the cell phone, like just, just, just to say, go take a walk without a phone. My, my daughter literally, I'm blown away by this because she literally every single night says, I need to go take a long walk just to kind of just think. And I'm like, Holy shit. Wow. She's smarter by herself. She's like, I need to go for a walk and just process things. She wants the phone on. She still plays with the phone. She's a kid. She's going to play with the phone. She's going to send her text. She's going to do that. But mm-hmm. she recognizes that she needs that alone time doing nothing else but being with herself. What can we do to get kids to do that? I'm blessed because I didn't force her to do this. This is yeah. lucky as shit for me. Yeah. yeah. I think, right. There's a mindfulness component there right? The, if you're feeling stress, where's it coming from? Is it coming from a comparison place, right? Like, is that where it's coming from of like, I'm comparing my stress levels with others who don't seem stressed. Uh, in which case, like, then what is that busyness, that noise that we can help silence? Um, you know, and, and my ex and, uh, and I have created the, like this kind of like a challenge for the kids of like, can you do 30 minutes with nothing? And, you know, like you can read a book, you can draw, you can do whatever, but like 30 minutes, no phone. Like, let's just try it and give it a shot. And I think, again, because they've been, when you think about kids right now, and really it's the, what, pre-18, they've they've been raised in an environment of smartphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I even now, and because I'm realizing, you know, like I was... I was in grad school when Facebook came out. And so I was decently well-established, maybe not fully all here yet, but like decently well-established as a human. But like that in and of itself of just, well, let me just walk. Oh, I'm feeling bored. I'm going to open up my phone or, yeah. oh, wow, there's this whole like happy hour group of people or a networking event or whatever. Uh, I don't really know anybody. Oh, let me just pretend like I got an email right now and look at my phone, right? Just to mm-hmm. feel to feel connected. I am going to look at a piece of technology as opposed to 
existing with whomever is around. And I'm so guilty of this. I play games. There are times that like me and the kids are on the couch and we're each on our phones playing games. And then it hits me and I'm like, hey, let's do something. Let's play a board game. It's like, no, we're in the game. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to force force them to do it. Right. Because I still want to be like somewhat liked by them. (laughs) But but (laughs) I'm saying this is my son sitting next to me. Um, did you just say so accurate? So accurate. So <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Put him on camera. Come on, let's get him on the show. What's up? What's up, buddy? Hi. Welcome to the unfiltered experience. Thank you for your, your, your contributions. <laughs> Thanks. Tell Thanks stories about your dad. Go ahead. My God. No, let's not. Um embarrassment is only another way of failure. Embarrassment is another oh, way of failure. Damn, <laughs> smack. Future speaker in the in the yeah. room. Yeah. I like that. Um, no, so I, I think like, how do you do it and how do you have those conversations? I think you, number one, we try to lead by example better. I mean, again, I'm not great at this. Um, but I think too, like that's a challenge that I continue to give every single audience is what can you do without technology today and just try. It doesn't, like, it could be an uncomfortable five minutes, but can you give it five minutes? Can you put your phone and an alarm in a different room or a different side of the room so that it's not the first thing you grab in the morning? Again, full-fledged guilty of this. So I think that there's so many opportunities, but again, comfort says that what I, where I get my dopamine hits, where I get my comfort is first thing in the morning, let me look. Last thing before bed, let me look. Uh, I'm uncomfortable, let me look. And so finding ways to get those moments that aren't reliant on comparing or looking at emails or whatever that is via technology, I think is going to be incredibly important for us as humans to connect and reconnect. Um, But to discover what that could be, maybe it is, I feel so lonely, but I live alone and my work is alone. So maybe hopping on the metaverse and hopping in virtual reality and talking and creating a community there is possible. So I'm not shitting on technology by any means, but I am saying there are opportunities that we miss by burying our heads in the in the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like what we're talking about tonight. I mean, really is it's one aspect to talk about fears and, and or talk about failures and mistakes and everything else. But ultimately, it goes back to a fear, like the fear of being judged, the fear of ridicule, the fear of not being enough, the fear of not being included. We yeah. go back, we take that back to the conditioning process between zero and five. You think about all the times that, you know, where we got negative attention when we did something bad, but we didn't get the positive attention when we did something good. And so talk to us about that. Like fears in general, like where I'm afraid to make a mistake. I'm afraid to mm-hmm. fail. I'm afraid to go out there and get out of my comfort zone. I'm afraid to put the phone down. I'm afraid to look the fool and everything else. One thing I've learned in my journey at 50, almost 54 now is like, fuck failures. It's like, I'm here to live. I'm here to experience. I'm here to, to dive into the juices of everything that's going to be possible because yeah. all of it has contributed to this point to make me who I am today. And I'm pretty happy with who I am today. So I I look at all those different things, like the fear of public speaking. Like the first time I walked down on stage and told people I was homeless, I almost shit myself. I'm like, I can't believe I'm walking out in front of 500 people and tell them that I used to dig through dumpsters and the applause and everything else was like, wow. And that validated the fact that I stepped out of my fear to go tell people something completely embarrassing about myself, where I used to make up stories about my past because I didn't want people to know I was homeless. Breaking out of that fear and building that connection with people was something for me that was like, wait, fear is a good thing because it's testing me to go past those boundaries. How do we get past those boundaries, Dan? What, I mean, what has been in your life? Right. I mean, like, so a tickophobia is a fear of failure. Like that's the actual like designated uh, diagnosis, a tickophobia. Um, and so like looking at how we have viewed it, we've viewed everything and we've created everything as like a fear of, fear of, fear of mm-hmm. kind of to your point. And so there's money to be made in fear mongering. And that's something that over the last less than 100 years has really been put forward. And so when we think about, uh, right, like if you want your baby to survive, you need this like little plug that goes under their diaper that costs $79.99 so that that way you can tell if they're not breathing at the middle of the night. By the way, if they wet their diaper, it no longer, the sensor no longer works. So why do I know this? Because my ex-wife bought one. Uh, And so like, (laughs) because it's like, well, this, you need this to make sure that they're alive, but do, do you, but do you? Yeah. And so again, fear has run our lives so much because we've been told, well, you should be afraid of this. Now, granted it's ingrained in us as human beings, uh, that, that have the sense of belonging and that we're better in packs. But like, we also knew that like, I should be scared of a saber tooth tiger. 
oh, if there's a group of us, yeah. we can take it down. So like there's a, a, a right fight or flight response that often yeah. occurred. Fear over the course of several millennia has taught us that we should be more fearful or guarded or whatever. Um, and so looking at, at what that means. Um, and I now have a fear that all of these parents from pickup know something that I don't know. And I have a feeling the bus broke down in El Monte. Let me come back to this, right? Hold on one second. Let me come back to this. No problem. No problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, what, what, what's what Dan's talking about. I think for me, Scott is like, when I think about all the different things that I'm afraid of, you know, the afraid of like afraid of judgment, the afraid of, of not being enough for somebody and not meeting their expectations. I think that's been one of the biggest things for me is to really like, like, okay, what is that fear really steeped in? And is it realistic? Is, I mean, I mean, what about, what about your fear, Scott? I mean, what, what, what's been a big fear in your life that you went, okay, that really wasn't a fear. That was some sort of preconceived notion based on the conditioning of me as a kid. Oh, dude, I'm, you know, see, that's a, such a beautiful question because anybody, okay, I can't speak from anybody else's mind, but the more people I talk to, and I'd say it's past anecdotal because it's, you know, we talk to a lot of people, you know, I think it's almost like a random sampling. But most men, I feel like we feel like we're not enough and we hide yeah. behind these big guys, you know, whatever it is. I mean, dude, did I do Do I really want to be a good athlete or is it just like some label that I can hide behind and just say I'm a good athlete or a basketball player, or a football player? I love the games. I really do. And now I know that. But I think it started just so I could hide behind something. I think I wanted to be a good athlete because girls liked athletes. Yeah. And I could sit here and be like, you know, walk around like you're special. Now I actually love the games, but it was just bullshit because I'm not enough. And then you're like, am I cool enough? Am I you're, are you a good kisser? Are you good at this? All the bullshit we went through. And, and it really is true. You're afraid, like, am I okay? Am I okay? Mm -hmm. And, you know, to Dan's point, when he was talking about like the evolution of like, who am I? You get to a point, you just realize I'm a beautiful, perfect spirit navigating this human existence with tons of flaws to work through and just ex enjoy this experience. And it's, it's both exhausting and beautiful at the same time. And I love the fact that we're redefining failure and talking about growth ops and all that, mm -hmm. because it's all real and i can't speak for a woman but when i listen to a woman's you know fears much the same the men want this and want this and want this and they're mm -hmm. afraid of am i good enough am i doing right am i gonna have a husband am i gonna have a kid on time am i gonna have a family am i gonna and half of them don't even want families so we're well, all stuck in this bullshit that we didn't even sign up for yeah and so exactly. to that to the, i'll nerd out real quick and sorry about that thank you for for that no it's not it. it's it's all the things right it's live um, so uh, I know, edit it out. Just kidding. Um, nope. But there's so my son and I actually just finished watching the the season se series or season finale of She Hulk on Disney. And um, but what's what's funny about it is that when she gets her powers, uh, it's like episode one. Spoiler alert for those that haven't seen it yet. Um, but she gets her powers and she's able to effortlessly <laughs> change from She Hulk to Jen Waters, right? Human form, She Hulk, human and like back and forth. Meanwhile. Bruce Banner, the Hulk, is trying to like train her and breaks out this like seven inch binder of like, here's the things you need to master in order to try to figure out what you're supposed to be and how to not just be like angry, da da da. And she goes on this like miniature tirade of like, have you ever had to walk alone at night and worry about it? Have you ever had to do that? And like, and so she, and she literally goes into this larger diatribe and I'm like, yes, like, Mm. Teaching kids. Like, I literally live in a perpetual state of anger or fear and, and like have to regulate it. And so he's just sits there and is like, all right, I need more therapy. Right. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, like, it's one of those like, wow. Okay. Um, hmm. Because again, we men think that we have to do it all. And this is the right path. And the only path my way is a way it's not the way. Mm -hmm. And so knowing point. that we can each have our own path of whatever that path wants to look like, right? It's the yeah. whole like uh, uh, Robert Frost, right? Two paths uh, mm -hmm. or divergent in wood. Which one will you take? Now, part of that poem has been misconstrued, but part of that is, will you try? And, <clears throat> and kind of what failure is, is an attempt and it didn't succeed but will you in essence persevere will you be yeah. resilient and will you give it another shot so yeah, by taking a full-time job do i did i am i a failure as an entrepreneur no i'm still doing my hustle and speaking but like that's my path 
and I'm okay that my path doesn't mean that I'm going to be an overnight success, Chris. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be right. Like to, to move forward of like, what is this all going to happen? I'm going to define it and I'm okay with it. And I don't know the exact end destination. And I, that's beautiful. Okay with that. that is no, what to your point, Dan, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful, like jumping off point, because that's something that I've been challenged with over the last couple of years, especially since leaving corporate, Scott and I've had this conversation many times here on the show is that vulnerability of wanting to control the outcome because of that appearance. If you're successful, right? You know, Chris left the corporate job making really great money. Is he successful? I know there, there are people, there's probably about five people out there. I know for sure, at least five people who are watching me all the time on social media to see if I ever go back to a job. And I know there's a few, I know there's two people, especially who are very critical of it. Like, Oh, are you, are you making money yet? Chris? Are you, I'm like, I don't really don't care. I'm enjoying the fuck out of my life. Money, ego, fame, titles, windows, prestige, all that shit does not matter. It does not matter. At the end of the day, if I die two minutes from now, I would much rather say I am broke and I am fucking having a great time with my family and I'm impacting people and I'm living my life's purpose. At the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think. It's a matter of what we think. Like you said, to your point, when we lay our head down on the pillow, I think about that every night. I think, did I fulfill my intentions this morning? Because when I wake up in the morning, it's all about gratitude before my eyes open every single day. And then I set the intention for the day. And when I go to sleep at night, I say out loud what I'm grateful for, like this conversation tonight or other things. I always say out loud, like, oh, I'm grateful for this. I had a couple of cool things happen yesterday. And, um, and just for like really that integrity of who we are here to embrace this journey and to really dive deep into that and not just be here superficially, because at the end of the day, we've talked about the five regrets of the dying. The number one regret is the fact that we are not living the life that we want to live. We're living the life that we're, we think we're supposed to live to gain the validation and recognition of people who are going to be dead before us anyway. It's ridiculous. It's asinine. So to your point, like wake up every day and be excited about what you're doing and what you're becoming and get out of that comfort zone and like truly live and like find out what you're made of. Like I get chills when I think about it. It's like so many people are out there like, yeah, I just don't like my life, but I'm afraid to do anything. I'm like, how's that going to feel in 20 years when you're laying on your deathbed going, well, fuck, I'm going to die anyway. And I didn't do shit. Well, and that's so there's the um I think it was Chris Rock uh did this whole thing of like there's the uh you know if you every you could get hit by a bus, so you might as well like live life to the fullest, which yes, to an extent, but that right. doesn't mean that you can also excuse away your behavior today. True. Right. So that doesn't mean that I'm like, all right, well, if I'm gonna die tomorrow, I'm gonna tell everyone that I hate them. Yeah, <laughs> live in the moment, not for the moment. Because living yeah, for right. the and moment so means go after yourself. We have to regulate that a little bit more to be able to to really understand that like our our intentions, our impacts that we have now are incredibly important. And so how we live today should be relevant to what we want tomorrow to also be. Like Chris, when I go to bed uh, or before I go to bed, I pull up my notes feature and I have a daily wins notes in my iPhone, right? So it's like, what are the wins today? Because over the course of the pandemic, okay. I was going to bed feeling absolute garbage on myself and yeah. I was waking up or I was going to bed feeling like a failure. I was waking up dreading the day. Yeah. And then when I finally shifted and reframed to like, today was a good day. Did I, I caught up with a friend. I did this. I answered two emails. I didn't hit the snooze button, right? Like a little win is still mm -hmm. a win. It's still spelled the exact same damn way. Yeah. So like by reframing the, like I had a good day when I went to bed, then I'm ready to have wins the next morning. Mm -hmm. And that whole, that just little tiny shift can really kind of help us understand that a failure is not a setback. A failure is just a way to like, now I know that that's not going to work right now. That doesn't mean it'll never work that way at some point, but it means right now that's not the way that it's, it should happen either for me, to me, whatever. I love it. It's true. That's true. Um, Hooked on humanity says Nellie's in the house. She goes, that's right. Our hearts must be in the right place in all things, or we continue to spiral downward. You know, I think about that. I, mean, I think about the bigger picture that we're talking about tonight is like, what's our vision? What's our vision for who we're becoming at this particular point in our journey? And we think about, you know, in our earlier years, it's all about, you know, validation, significance, you know, get the, get the stereotypical, you know, go to college, have a family, buy a house, have a mortgage and retire and enjoy your life. That bullshit doesn't even matter. But I think really when we have something that we set our sights on, like to say, hey, listen, for me personally, you guys know, I've talked about my eulogy. Like every single day I'm living that eulogy because if I die today, I want this. If this is the last thing that anybody ever sees, like Chris was living his purpose hundred percent. And that's not always easy. I mean, I've had challenging times in the last couple of weeks to say the least, but at the end of the day, it's like, 
as long as we continue to persevere and continue to sit there and say, like Les Brown says, you know, a, a setback is a setup for a comeback. It's like, if we sit there and have that perspective, like, okay, here's one other different way to not do it. But if it's something that we truly want to aspire to achieve, then we got to sit there. Okay. What can I do differently? So many times we go about it the same way. Like, Oh, I keep doing the fucking same thing and getting the same results. Dr. Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I think each one of us, if we were, if we want to continue to do something like, yeah, that's another different way to do it. Like I may revamp my, my, my branding again one day, you know, be like, okay, maybe there's no excuses thing, whatever it might be. But to continue to make that impact and what we want to do in our life is so massively important. And I think that, you know, in this conversation tonight, the one thing we could really, you know, provide people is the fact that when we look at life as a point of not being in control and not being manipulative, manipulative about what the outcome is, but surrendering to what is actually going on for our greater good. And that is, that is fear. I mean, that's vulnerability, like to sit there and say, you know, what? I'm gonna let it go. And whatever God source universe wants to happen for me, I'm gonna let, that's one thing I've been challenged with and I've been letting it go, but I'm starting to see a little bit of fruits of that. Like I don't need to control everything. I need to know that everything is happening for me and everything that's happening right now is preparing me for what's next. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, I, there's two things I'd take out of this. I would take the words, let it go and surrender. And then yeah. um, what was the other thing you guys said? You said one other thing. My brain just left because I was listening to you on that one. There was another word you said. I had one of those 51 year old moments where my brain just quit. <laughs> I'm two years older than you. So the let it go thing is right on point. Um, no doubt. You take this one, Dan. I just, I had a really good point and um, I think my week just caught up to me. It's like, I'm sitting here right here. And Mine was also right there. And then watching you fall apart, it was like, yep. It's right here. Nope. Well, nope. well, then you, know, nope. you, 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 and I both. This know is the geriatric version of the young no, experience. It's, it's, our minds it's our not even the geriatric version. You know what it is? It's ADHD as oh, yeah. you get older, because as we sit here, we had like nine amazing thoughts. You're like, I can do a TED talk right now. And then you're like, overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And then your brain goes. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, <laughs> it's so true. It's uh -huh. so true, dude. Like the, th the thing is, if I just shut up and stay on one point, I could go all night. But then I'm like, wait a minute. This is the perfect alley-oop for so many mm -hmm. great things to say. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it happens. I know. I like it. Yeah, I don't even remember my point now. I, I like the interior we of the car, about. Dan. It's really nice. The gray <laughs> is, is it's a nice coach, man. Yeah. The Rav Four. Do you have do you have do you have map lights and stuff like that? Is it really how's the love compartment? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, so what? So let it go. Let me let's all sing. Let it go right now. Let me ask you guys. We're all parents. Okay, let's let's shift the conversation here. We got a few minutes left. We're all parents. What do you think is like the most important aspect of instilling in our, in our youth today about what we're talking about tonight, failures, mistakes, you know, things that sometimes would often seem quote unquote negative, but actually really could be a positive. What can we say to the parents and the kids that are potentially watching this tonight? Hopefully they don't mind the swearing, um, that we can impart upon them. I think on my end, I just want that as my son, like starts to lean in on me, um, <laughs> record him. Yeah. Right. Um, I think on my end, uh, I want my kids to feel comfortable in themselves. Yeah. I want them to feel like they can be vulnerable and not have to be perfect. Um, and, and that was actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that was my point before we all lost our minds at that moment. Um, because like that vulnerability of sharing is what really truly connects us. Yeah. And so that level of support and finding that level of friends that won't use that story or the vulnerability against you is going to be incredibly important. Um, but if I could instill in my kids just to feel like they don't have to have it all together, but they need to they need to express vulnerability in different ways. And I think my daughter does it in some ways. I think my, my son does it in some ways and he's being a little dick right now. And he's like fake crying. So um, so, a little like, dick. <laughs> he's like, dad, you get an Academy <laughs> Award right now. Yeah. yeah he's the actor. The best. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, I think, right. Like, I think there's a, just, be comfortable and be who you want to be rather mm -hmm. than what others or being who like you think others want you to be. It's gotta be true. What do you think, Scott? I, I mean, I agree. It's like, we all, we all get suckered into that. I mean, it's like, we have, we, 
somebody said something the other day and I really resonated. We're, we're, I think it was, was it with us on the show? Was it one of my groups? We we're talking about um, masks and the most important thing with masks, masks aren't a bad thing. So in other words, I want to wear a mask when I come here to the show to an extent, like I'm a certain you know person, there's authenticity, vulnerability across everything I do. But I might have a different mask when I go hang on my parents, whatever, but it's the same person, but there's a specific mask. But what's in the ingredients in that mask? Is the ingredient something where I'm trying to, you know, just get a dopamine hit? It's a defense mechanism against something. And that really resonated. That was on the show, right? That was, that was, um, that when we, that was on the show was, what's his name? Uh, the last show. My brain is gone today, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just having fun. You know, so, so. So let me just tell you this real quick. This yeah. is actually funny. I'll back up. So when I was going to, when I was going out for my, you know, with my buddy to that cruise, Kim's driving the car. Okay. And this is what I remember we were talking about reframe and let it go. Those are the two things. Yeah. Kim's driving to take me to the airport. She hits a curb on the way into the airport. Okay. And so long story short, she's got to get the car towed. We end up getting four new tires right before I left my car. I find out it had just gotten the brakes fixed like a, like a month ago. They need to get the brakes fixed again. A caliper like stopped up. It's going to be another three, three grand. While they're fixing that, while I'm on the boat, they get my car in an accident after I just got it finally fixed no. from the drunk driver who hit me. So here's what I want to say, though. Jesus. So this goes to the point. This is what I was going to say. The reframe, look at things different, and then step away, observe, but also you know let go. So I had to sit there and I go, wait a second. My daughter is just starting to drive. If that tire didn't hit that curve, what if that was just ready to blow out? And, and I'm just starting to hypothesize. Sure. And my brakes, if that caliper's brake, what if that didn't happen to my daughters in that car? And so I started, and I'm, you know, again, I'm just thinking outside the box. But if the universe knows better than me, yeah, there was those sizable dollar amounts and hugely frustrating, and nobody wanted to be in the middle of that. But those are two crucial components to a vehicle to keep someone safe. Oh, yeah. And so my thing was a quick reframe where I'm like, okay, I'm going to move on from that. Universe knows best. If I'm going to preach the how that the universe is taking care of me, I need to trust in it. And when I step back into it, I'm still dealing with it. I was just finishing, like I picked the car up. That's why my brains, I think, still. I'm trying to reframe it. But I was like, wait a minute, this is starting to make total sense why these things are happening. Yeah. Now my kid's going to be safe in two cars where before if those two things, imagine your kids on the highway, mm -hmm. caliber sticks and like the brake goes out or the tire blows out. This could be like a life or death thing. So yeah. even though my immediate reaction is really pissed off and I'm so upset, I've come to this space where I'm like, I'm going to reframe this. I'm going to accept yeah. it. Thank you, universe, for working with me in this. I trust you. And that faith, I think, is massive. That's what I was trying to say earlier was reframe Beautiful and set. let it go. Beautiful. Beautiful. I came back. The universe yeah. gave that back you to me. Full circle. Hell yeah. Yeah. There we go. Three-pointer. I feel better now. So, Mr. Dan Fail, thank you, brother, for being here. It's it's been uh, we made it. Now I got to go back and switch it back to what we had originally. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but no, if like you think it's out, an like, exercise in flexibility and failure. Yeah, no, I mean we pivot. That's what the fuck happens. I mean we that's we live this on this show. Like this is life. It's okay. It's it's perfect. It's actually perfect. Like you were saying, Scott, like we reframe it, like to sit there and say, okay, like sometimes when like my wife gets stuck behind, she has train karma. We, we live behind train tracks and I swear to God, every time, even if I'm driving, she's in the car, we get a fucking train every time. And she gets so mad. She's like, every time I fucking, I'm like, what, what about if the train is stopping us from being in an accident five minutes from now? I said, would you be thankful for this fucking train? Like there was a, there's a story. I was in the hospital when I was 10, 11 years old. I got my tonsils out and I had tubes put in my ears and my mom came up to that. We were, my mom fucking sent me from Anaheim to Pasadena. She put me in a hospital in Pasadena because she had to have this doctor. So it was like, I don't know, an hour drive from her work to come out and see me. And I was in the hospital like three or four days. So she came out to see me. And I remember this is when they, we talk about the Hulk. That's funny. We actually watched the incredible Hulk. It was a two part series with uh, Anne Murray. I think it's something like that, where he falls in love and stuff like that. And she stayed there to watch the I get chills. She stayed there to watch the second one with me and she didn't want to, but there was an accident on the freeway. And she told me the next day, she goes, I'm glad I stayed. She goes, but cause I think based on the timing, I might've been right at that exact spot. And I remember this at 10, 11 years old thinking like that was perfect divine intervention, like her staying, you know? So when we look at those things, we can look at them as a curse or a blessing. I always choose to look at it as a blessing. It's like, Hey, I got five minutes right now. There's a train. I can talk to my son. I could put it in park and I could sit there and talk to my son. I can have this opportunity. 
I can connect with somebody. So what are your thoughts, Dan, to kind of take out this conversation about what can we do to inspire people right now or who are struggling? They're frustrated. The world's going to shit. There's chaos everywhere, inflation, you know, the Gen Z's at work, everything's going on in their life, their families. Like, what can we do to inspire people to like see that the adverse things that are happening in their life potentially could actually be positive? I think that there's a significant value in being present. Yeah. Um, right. And to come back to your point that you just made, so you could put it in park and talk to your son, but how many of us put it in park and hop on the phone? And, and we do that in our lives in so many capacities, we put our own drive, so to speak in park because we become comfortable and complacent. So finding ways for us to be present in what we want, thinking about it, articulating it of the like, well, this is what I want. Is what I'm doing getting me that result? In which right. case, what should, yes, no, change it. Um, and so sometimes it's not as easy as like, just change it, just leave your job mm -hmm. and work for yourself. Like that's not, that's a place of privilege that a lot of people have and a lot of people don't. But if we can be present and acknowledge that like, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. And so there's a, an awareness that comes along with that, that I, I think we don't give ourselves enough grace or sure. patience to really, truly ask and then have the, ask the question and then have the hard conversations with ourselves or with a therapist uh, to really like unpack that and figure that out. That's a good point. Dan Fail, where can people get a hold of you? Where can they continue the continue the conversation with you, brother? In the car. Yeah. You just call him in his car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be here. Apparently it's going to be about maybe another 45 minutes to an hour before the bus gets here with the kids. Call him now. Right uh, now. Yeah. No. Um, so what's great about my last name is that not many people have it. And, and so I am Dan Fail on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, website is danfail.com. Again, f-a-i-l-l -L, so two l's so make sure you get that and fail.com right there ladies and gentlemen go connect with him brother appreciate you for being here and pivoting and uh and showing that you're a true 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 trooper i'm gonna say that 10 times 10 times fast true 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 trooper fucking say that true trooper that's worse than she, she sells seashells by the seashore but thank you brother for being here i'm gonna put you backstage here for a second if you need to go go but uh, we'll, Scott and I will finish out the show. Love you guys. There we go, Scott. So final thoughts, man, on the conversation tonight of failing and mistakes and everything in between. Okay, I'm going to say it correctly this time, Chris. I'm here. Reframe and let it go. There's so many opportunities where you can just look at them in a different perspective and reframe. The last thing someone wants to do when they're dropping you off at the airport is blow out a tire. But when you know your daughter's going to be driving in that same car and we had talked about potentially getting new tires, the universe probably said, you're both here together. That's the perfect time to do it. You're going to go into the airport. This security guard is going to help her get it to a truck and get it taken care of. Not ideal, but a reframe puts us in a great space. My car's fixed. So reframe, let things go that when you sit and hold on to something that potentially is going to create an emotion of either anger, sorrow, or you know, fear, whatever, you've got to cut that off at some point. And the quicker you cut that off and say, I'm no longer going to sit with that emotion, I'm going to move forward. The universe is taking care of you and just trusting it. So I'm just going to go with that. Failures are potentially good things. They're growth opportunities. Depends how you want to look at it. So a simple reframe makes it a growth op and not a negative thing and a failure. Thank you, Dan. I, 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 I can't even out of my brain. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even build on that. That was perfect. That was a perfect exit and uh, appreciate the conversation tonight. Appreciate all you guys being here. We got, we got Robert Broker in the house. We got, uh, we got Nelly in the house. We got Mary Kay in the house. We got so many beautiful people in the house. We got Nelly in the house. Thank you guys all for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. We appreciate you so much next week. Yeah. Check this out. Do you know this, Scott? I didn't even know this next week. We have Debbie Bettendorf and I know her from Facebook, um, but I found out the other day that she is Linda Carter's sister, Wonder, wow. Wonder, the original Wonder Woman's sister. I was like, somebody told me like, do you realize that she's, I'm like, I did not know this. So we have Debbie, Debbie Bettencorf, uh, Bettendorf, uh, not, but she has a different name, Bettendorf next week. So thank you guys for being here. Check it out next Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, theunfilteredexperience.com. Of course, please go check that out, theunfilteredexperience.com. Um, and uh, come join the community. 
We appreciate you guys. And we will be back here next Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check us out. Let us know what type of topics you want on the show, what type of guests you want on the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate Dan for, for chiming in. Actually, in truth, honesty, Dan wasn't going to make it. He was he had a situation with his daughter in the school bus. He says, guys, I can't make it. So we we're going to shift the show. And then he decided like, fuck it, I'm going to show up anyway. So that's what we do. And that's what you do in your life. That's what we all do. We pivot. We don't sit there and hold on to what was supposed to be. We deal with what is. And that's what we want you guys to do is deal with what is and embrace that shit and sit there and say, okay, what can I do for this? What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can this make me better as opposed to why does this keep happening to me ladies and gentlemen you got to focus on the fact that life is happening for you and these challenges are here to design to give you the tools that you need to be able to grow and prosper and to elevate yourself out of the situation that you're in if you sit there and continue to be a victim that's what you're going to continue to get again if i sit there and tell you guys look around your room and tell me everything that's green 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 okay tell me what was blue chris you were telling me to look at what's green same thing happens in life. You're looking at everything that's going to go wrong. Oh, today's going to be a shitty day. Your reticular activation system is going to go, that's a shitty thing. That's a shitty thing. That's a shitty thing. See, I was right. And then you're going to go tell everybody else, this is a shitty thing. And you're going to get all these people around you. They're going to all complain about their shitty things. You need to get a different perspective. You need to get different people and you'll have different outcomes. Ladies and gentlemen, the unfiltered experience, we guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Check us out, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. And we will see you here next time on this broadcast. We love you. Peace. Love you. Peace.